Thank you for tuning into this week's message. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about your life change. So if you have a story about how God has made a move in your life or impacted your life in any way, send an email to amen at findvelocity.org. We hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Now let's lean in and enjoy the message. Well, it is good to see everybody today. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to welcome all of you who are joining us both in person and online. Thank you for being a part of our worship experience. And for those of you who are joining us digitally, we just want you to know that we love you and we are praying for you and looking forward to seeing you once you're ready to gather with us in person. And for those of you who are here, I want to say thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to have you in the room with me. And if you don't know, we've opened up our registrations for everybody. So it's not just for our team now. Uh, if you want to be a part of these live streaming watch parties, you can pre-register and come be a part. And you might be wondering just how this works and even um, what our plan is moving forward. But I want to let you know that we're just following the county guidelines and for as long as we're limited uh, to capacity in our auditorium until we get to the place where we can have at least 90 people in the room, uh, we're gonna continue to have pre-registration. And once we can have at least 90 people in the room, uh, then we'll open up both of our locations and you won't have to pre-register. And we'll still continue all the social distancing measures and things that we're doing in place. But in the meantime, I do want to encourage you to pre-register and be a part of these experiences because we have gone over and above beyond just the county guidelines and CDC recommendations to create a safe and comfortable environment for you to worship. And the cool part is, even though we've still been doing pre-registration, every week we've had new people come and we've had people accept Christ in these services. So. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it great to be part of a church that is reaching people far from God and is being a part of the move that God is doing? And I'm excited today because of what I have to share with you. And not just what I have to share with you, I'm excited because it's a new series. You know, there's something special about a new series. Kind of like that new car smell, just something exhilarating about doing something new. But what I'm going to share with you today is, is really great, not just the news I have, but the message. And the cool part is if you're new to Velocity, maybe um, you've recently discovered us online or maybe it's your first time here and you're trying to figure out what we're all about, I believe that this series and even this message is really going to help you understand the heartbeat of this house and, and help you get a picture for what we're about here at our church. So I want to begin with what's really a theme verse for this series and a foundational verse for our church. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. If you don't, we'll put the words on the screen for you so you can follow right along with the rest of us. But this is a foundational verse for our church, really the, the verse that God gave me when he spoke to me about planting this church. In Ephesians 2, verse 13, it says, yes, at one time you were far away from God, but now in Christ Jesus, you are brought near to him. This is the mission of our church. It's this idea of moving from where you are to where God wants you to be, to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. And this is the subject that I want to focus on over the next several weeks 
to help you move forward in your faith, to help you move forward in your calling, to help you move from a place of weakness into a place of strength, to help you move from a place of sorrow into a place of praise, to help you move from worry to peace, to help you move from strife to love. And I want to set this up with this thought. This is the title of my message. If you want to write this down, it is from a moment to a movement. I believe God wants to take us today from just a moment to a movement. So often we can get stuck in moments. Won't you agree? Have you ever been, been stuck in a moment? I don't know if you've noticed that, that we can get stuck in a moment instead of moving forward with the life that God has for us. And I want you to know I'm not down on moments. I mean, moments aren't bad. Moments are powerful. Moments are full of possibility and, and full of potential. Moments, moments are great. Moments can be transformative. Even, even at our church, we work really hard to create an environment where you can experience God's presence just in a moment. Honestly, I, I think that's one of the drawbacks and limitations of this season. I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of great things about this season. I, I love technology and I love what we've been able to do and I love the advancements we've made and the new ways we've found to connect. But sometimes just in a moment, there's, there's something that happens that, that doesn't always translate across the screen. So, so there, there's something that happens when you're in the room. I mean, I've talked to so many of you who've been here even just the last couple of weeks and, and speaking with everybody. Everybody said, man, I knew I missed it. I just didn't realize how much I missed it. Like I, I knew I, I needed this. But I just didn't know how much I needed this. There, there's something different when you're in the room. And it's not just hearing me speak in person. It's not just the worship. There's something that happens in the moment that doesn't always translate across the screen. I mean, I, my wife is around me all the time, but even she says, man, this is different. It's just different when you're there. Moments are powerful. Moments where God is present. Maybe it's in the worship. Maybe it's in the song. Maybe it's in the atmosphere. Maybe it's in the message. Sometimes when I'm speaking, I just like to make eye contact with people because I believe that God is using me in that moment to speak to them. As powerful as moments are, the truth is sometimes there's challenging moments as well. Sometimes there, there's rough moments. Moments that we'd rather not have. Maybe it's a moment of regret where we said something in the heat of the moment that we wish we could take back. Maybe it was something that was said to us and it just seems to stay with us. Maybe it's a moment that we never thought we'd face. We never thought we'd be in this situation. It changed the trajectory of our life. Never thought that this would happen to us. Never thought that I would experience this. I, I never thought that I would be here. I never thought that I would lose that person. I never thought that I would lose my job. There's things that happen in a moment sometimes that can stay with us. And the risk of living this way, living for the moment, is we can live from moment to moment or we can get stuck in a moment. I wonder if you've ever been stuck in a moment. That's why I want to challenge us today to shift from 
a moment to a movement where we continue to press forward into what God has for us. And the good news is that's what we get to be a part of here at Velocity Church, where we are all moving in the same direction with a common language and a common purpose to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. And we might all play a different role in that mission, and it might even express itself a little bit differently in our lives individually, but all of us are part of this mission, and it's a mentality shift where we're not just living for a moment, but we're living into a movement to see growth, to see potential, and to see God do what only he can do. And I want to show you how that happens today in our passage. And the, the, the verse I want us to look at together is in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, if you don't know the context of Deuteronomy chapter 30, let me share it with you. At this point in Scripture, the Israelites, God's chosen people, had been wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, for 40 years. And they are right on the brink of entering into the promised land, the, the place that God had for them, a place full of potential, full of possibility, full of opportunity. But before they do, God wants to get their full attention. He wants to get all of their focus and remind them that he is in authority and it's important to obey his commands. He's got some things that he wants to share with them. And so he reiterates a lot of the promises that he gave them right after he brought them out of the wilderness and before I read the main passage to you in Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, I want you to become familiar with the spirit of this text. I want you to hear the heart behind what he's saying, because when you read the Bible, there's the spirit and the letter. And sometimes we can focus so much on the letter, we can miss the heart of what God is trying to say. We can get, if we can exhaust ourselves trying to follow rules and regulations or take something out of context that we, we miss the spirit. Scripture says that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So I want you to hear what God is saying. And in verse 30, looking at a few of the verses before it, 30 verse 3 says, Moses speaking to the Israelites says, Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes, have compassion on you, and will gather you together again. Verse 5 says, You'll be a bigger and more prosperous people than ever before. Verse 9 says, And the Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all that you do, along with your children and your livestock and the produce of your fields, because the Lord your God will again be delighted with you for good, just as he was delighted with your ancestors. And what I want you to hear is that God has good things in mind for his people. He, he has plans to prosper them and move them forward in the land that he has for them. And if you catch that, you, you, you can catch that just by reading some of these verses. But I want to focus in on verse 19. That's, that's our main verse for today. In verse 19 of Deuteronomy 30, it says this, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. A number of weeks ago, I shared this verse at Heart and Soul with our team. And the title of that message was, There's Life in Front of You. And the point that I wanted people to see, the point of this verse, is that God has set life in front of you 
but it doesn't happen by default. You have to choose it. And I want to tell you today that this is heaven talking to us today, that God has set in front of us a choice. He has set in front of us life and death, blessings and cursings. And I want to encourage you today to choose life so that, as it says in verse 20, you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. See, every day, you and I are faced with options, right? To say something or not to say something. To do something or not to do something. To serve or not to serve. To give or not to give. To love or not to love. We're, we're faced with these options. And I want you to understand that if we're going to move forward to the life that God has for us, it starts by us understanding that God's plan doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. God's plan for your life doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. Now, a few weeks ago, I shared with you some of my workout escapades. I know you guys always love it when I share these stories. And I just want to tell you that your shame and condemnation really motivates me to work out that much harder. And uh, so, so I, I told you I've been going. But what I didn't tell you is that whenever I go to the gym, I have this app that I pull out. And I, I use this app to log my workouts and record my progress. And it's great. helps me. I don't have to think about what I'm going to do. It just pulls up, hey, do this stuff today. And I punch it in there. And, you know, I move on with my life when I see how I'm growing, how I'm getting better, getting stronger, and all these different things. But what I haven't told you is that every time before I begin the session, it begins by asking me a series of questions. Starts out with things like, you know, are you sore today? You're supposed to rate it on a scale of one to five. It's got these different questions. It's like, you know, incredibly sore, uh, pretty sore, I'm okay, just a bit, not that much. And then we'll say like, how was your rest last night? And say, you know, like on the one end, it's like terrible. It might, might say, uh, you know, it was poor, it's okay, it was good, it was excellent. Say, so, you know, how was, how was your mood? I say, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing well, I'm just a little bit off, I'm okay, I'm doing good, I'm amped up. Now, can I tell you, I have never been amped up to do a workout. Never, never once in my life. Like, like some people, I just, like, I don't love going to the gym, okay? Like, some people love it, I don't love it. Like, I don't go to the gym because I enjoy it. I go to the gym because I want to eat junk food. That's... That's the truth of the situation. In fact, Marissa and I have a deal. We, we, so one of us can be the skinny one. The other one has to be the kind one. She's, she's going to be the skinny one. That, that's her goal. But yeah, ask me all these questions. What's your stress like? You know, are, are, are you buried? Are, are, are you strained? Are you okay? Are you relaxed? Like all these, all these different things. And I, I go through this list and I get to choose. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm okay. It's not bad. And at the end of all these questions, it gives me a readiness rating. <laughs> am, am I ready to start my workout? I got to confess to you, I have never had a good readiness rating. Not, not ever. Not, not once. Every time I start my workout, it's telling me, you are not ready for this. You are not ready for what you're about to face. But I wonder, I wonder how many of us aren't ready 
to move forward, aren't ready to get moving because every day we're choosing death. Now, <laughs> when I say choosing death, I don't mean like, you know, the way the text reads is like, I set before you life and death, blessings and curse. Like, it sets it up as this binary option. Like, you're choosing one or the other. You're choosing A or B. You're choosing black or white. You're choosing life or death. You're choosing one or the other. But, you know, none of us have given those options are going to choose death. And I was like, ah, you know, I want to see what death has for me today. I think there's some possibility in this scenario. None of us ever do that. But I wonder if it's a little bit like this. Like, like, like my workout app. I'm just not really feeling it today. I'm, I'm okay. Man, with everything going on in the world, I mean, I can't be relaxed. Got to have a little bit of stress. I mean, there's a lot of chaos happening right now. I mean, I, yeah, like, I, I got rest, but I didn't sleep that good, you know. I slept okay. We go through... And we choose, now here's the crazy thing. Nobody else is telling me how to feel about this. And nobody else has seen what I select. This is between me and this app right now. And yet, I'm the one who chooses it. Now, whether you have an app or not, the truth is every day you wake up, you've got a choice. Are you going to feel grim? Or are you going to be grateful? Are you going to wake up and say, I can't believe I have to do this today? He said, man, I can't believe I get to do this today. You decide. And what I want you to see is that the choice for life starts deep down inside of you. It starts with the conversations you have within yourself. It starts with your internal dialogue. It starts with you telling yourself what you can do or what you can't do. And I wonder if there's a lot of you who are like me when the start of the day, you are affirming your infirmities. Can't do this. Can't serve God. Can't afford this. I can't get healthy. I'm too weak. Can't finish this. I can't go to school. A while back, I was having a conversation with my boys about the words that we use. Specifically, we were talking about curse words and swearing and saying why we don't say this and and, and talking about the, the, the right way to talk. And we kind of moved into different conversations. Talking not just about the words we use, but the content of our conversation. And, and talking about not just the content, but sometimes the heart behind what we say. Sometimes it's not just what we say, but it's, it's what we mean. And so they're chiming in about what we should say and what we shouldn't say. I'm like, yeah, you know, so shouldn't call my brother stupid. Or I'm like, yeah, you, sh you shouldn't do that. And we're having this conversation. But you know what I realized from that? Is that most of us, we say things to ourselves that we would never say to somebody else. Say, you're so dumb. You can't do this. What are you thinking? You're so weak. And if you want to choose life, the place to start is really just with the words you say to yourself. If you'll start there, what you do is you build a pathway to move forward, a pathway of confidence, a pathway of gratitude, a pathway of joy. You know, the funny thing is, answering all those questions before I work out, I came to this realization this week I was going to make a change. Because every week I, I fill this out and I'm thinking, you know what? It's like how I slept is how I slept. Like, I can't change that. 
know, what's going on in the world, what's going on in my life is what's going on in the world and what's going on in my, like, I don't have control over that. I can't change that. You know, the energy that I feel right now, the energy that I have, like, that's what I have to offer today and that's what I have to offer this morning. I can't change that. But here's what I realized, and maybe this is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, is that I can't change it, but I can choose it. I might not be able to change, but with the sleep I had, I'm going to say I am well rested. With the energy I have, I'm going to say that I'm amped up. With, with what's going on in the world, I'm, I'm going to choose to be refreshed and relaxed. I can't change it, but I can choose it. And I'm just challenging you today to choose life, to choose the Jesus way, to, to choose what God has for you. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Choose the Jesus way. The, the, the way. You know, the way, that just means either a path for moving or a method of doing. And whatever definition you prefer, the reality is for both of them, you can't follow a way if you're standing still. You see, the, the choice for life really starts with this choice, that you can get stuck or you can get started. That's the second thing I want you to write down. You can get stuck or you can get started. So many times we become stuck in our choices instead of getting started. Sometimes when we're faced with a choice, we don't know how to proceed, so we don't move at all. And choosing not to move at all is in itself a choice. That's what happened to the Israelites. You see, Deuteronomy 30 wasn't the first time they were here. Deuteronomy 30 isn't the first time that they were on the border of something better. It wasn't the first time they had the promised land in their sight lines. They had been here before. And if you don't know the story, I'll give you some of the details. You can read it for yourself in Numbers chapter 13. But they were on the border of something better. And the path to the abundant life that God had for them into the promised land didn't look like what they thought it looked like. What they thought it should look like. You know, they thought the promised land meant that there'd be no battles. They thought the promised land meant that there'd be no burdens. They thought that the promised land meant that there would be no barriers to their blessing. But in the moment that they were supposed to move forward, they discovered that in front of them were some giants. In front of them were some challenges. In front of them were some obstacles. Now, God had a good land for them. He had a good place for them. He had opportunities in front of them. But rather than getting started, they got stuck. Rather than moving forward, they, they stayed put. And the wilderness that was supposed to be a temporary season, a transitional place, a transitional season, the wilderness became the only place that some of the Israelites ever lived outside of Egypt. They weren't supposed to stay there, but they got stuck there. Why? Because the entire generation that wouldn't move in ended up missing out, all because of their choice. God gave them their choice. They stayed wandering in the wilderness for 40 years until they died. So this time God says, hey, I'm setting before you a choice, life or death. 
blessing or cursing. So choose life. Don't get stuck. Get started. And with the things that are in front of you and I, there's always a choice. There's the Jesus way or another way or any number of ways. There's the Jesus way and your way. There's the Jesus way and your friend's way. There's the Jesus way and your family's way. There's the Jesus way and the crowd's way. There's the Jesus way and culture's way. There's the Jesus way and your political way. There's the Jesus way and there's all these other ways. But whenever you refuse to choose and you refuse to move and you refuse to step out and step in to what God has for you, you'll stay stuck. What's interesting about this particular moment in Deuteronomy 30 where God is speaking through Moses and he's renewing and reestablishing his covenant with Israel is that it's different than the first time that God did it. See, there was another time that God did it shortly after he brought them out of Egypt. The first time God established his covenant with Israel was on Mount Sinai. Of course, you know, Moses brought down the Ten Commandments and you know all that. But but after that, Moses begins to speak and, and lay out the laws of God's covenant. And when you read that, it's different than this time. During that time, the first time, Moses lays out all these commands and what you read about is how the people respond. Three different times they respond. They say, everything God has said, we will do. Now, of course, if you know the Exodus story, you know that they didn't do everything God has said. They complained, they grumbled, they, they doubted, they didn't believe, they didn't move forward and they were supposed to. This time, though, it's different. This time, only Moses speaks. And the people remain silent. I thought it was kind of strange because it's like, I mean, what kind of covenant is this if you don't give the people a chance to respond? Like, like what kind of covenant is it if they don't explicitly agree to it? It's kind of like, this one time I told Pippa, my youngest daughter, I said, Pippa, you need to, you know, go get your pajamas on and get ready for bed. And she was like, okay, I'll do that if you pay me a dollar. And I was like, this, what are you talking about? Like, just go get your pajamas on. And she comes downstairs like, all right, I put my pajamas on. Now pay me a dollar. I'm like, this is not the way this works. I didn't agree to this. It's not the way deals work. It's kind of like what was happening. But Moses speaks. The people don't say anything. But then I realized that this time, instead of answering God, they just acted. You see, it was immediately after this moment that they moved to cross the Jordan. It, it was the decision that they were going to move on what God had said. Now, you got to remember, like the choices in front of them hadn't changed. In 40 years, the battles weren't eliminated. In, in 40 years, the obstacles weren't gone. Uh, in the span of 40 years, they still had to settle in this place that they were about to enter into, but it was their decision to move that made the difference. And I don't know what all the things are that God has spoken to you, the dreams that God has put in your heart, the the things that have been whispered, the voice of God, the word of God in your life that maybe you haven't even shared with anybody, but you know it's from God. I, I don't know what all those things are. And I don't know what occupies the space between where you are and where you know God has called you to be. 
But I wonder if maybe the reason that we stay stuck is because the future that God has for us seems so far away. Like, I mean, what does choosing to be grateful really matter when I just got handed a truckload of disappointment today? I mean, why does it matter if I have a good attitude or not when there's so much chaos and so much injustice and unrest in the world? What, what does it even matter? Why does it matter if I take a single step when where I believe I'm supposed to be is so far away. If you've ever felt that way, I want to encourage you with this. This is my last point. That you don't have to move fast. You just have to hold fast. You don't have to move fast. You just have to hold fast. I think the things that keep us from moving forward, from choosing life, from choosing the Jesus way, is we get disappointed with the pace of our progress. I know I do. Man, like when I, when I think about what God has in store for our church or what I believe God wants to do through my life or what I believe God wants to do with my family, when, when I get a picture of that in my heart but I look at where I'm at currently, it can be really discouraging. And my tendency is to want to get there as fast as I can I want to move towards that moment. I want to get towards that place. I want to get to that moment in my mind. And that's why this verse encouraged me this week. Because it says, Deuteronomy 30, 19, choose life so that you and your children may live. In other words, there's a future in front of you. There's a future God has for you. I want to show you how to get there. And he tells us in the next verse, he says, love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. And when we hear the word fast, we generally think of speed. I know I do, but the origin of that word really means strong, secure, or close. And maybe the reason we think we're not moving fast enough is because we know we're not holding fast enough. Maybe we need to focus less on our pace and we need to focus more on our proximity. I want to encourage you in this season to stay close, to lean in, to keep connected, to hold fast. A while back, had the opportunity to take my family to Disney. I don't know if you've ever been to Disney. It's, it's quite an experience. It's magical, yes, but also chaotic at the same time. And, and I think part of the challenge is because you're always trying to maximize the moments, but there's so much you want to do and there's just a limited amount of time to do it. So I don't know if your kids are like our kids, but when we took our kids, their tendency is to want to run out in front of us and to want to run to all the places that they want to go. And as a parent, I'm saying, no, you got to stay close. <laughs> you got to hold my hand. You got to walk with me. You got to stay in step with me. And from their perspective, it's frustrating because they know all the places that they want to be. 
It doesn't seem like I'm moving at the pace that they want to move to get there. But what they don't know is that as their dad, who's much wiser than them, I've got a fast pass. I've, I've got a fast pass. So it might seem inconvenient staying close, holding my hand, but if you stay with me, we'll actually get to the place that you want to go faster. And so many times we miss because we're focused on our moment. I want to get there. But if we'll just focus on our movement, am I close to God? Am I walking with God? Am I staying in step with what he has for me? We'll get there. That's why I want to encourage you just to, to take a step today. You might think, man, what is one step in the span of where I want to go? Man, if you'll take a step while holding fast, if you'll take a step in the right direction while staying close, God will bring you to the place that he's called you to be. This is a move from death to life. It's a move. And the way we step into what God has is to hold fast to he who's promised it. So what does God have for us? I want to tell you, the reason I'm excited about this season is because this series is not just a series. This is a move. It's not just a series. This is a move. It's not just the mission of our church. It is that from far to near. But this is a move. It's a reality. It's a reality because by this time next year, we're going to be in our own permanent facility. We are, we're, we're moving. We're moving into our own building. Uh, we are under contract on a property located at 4000 West 6th Street. If that address doesn't paint a picture in your mind, you can't miss it if you go there because if you, if you go to that destination, you'll see a building and it's got a giant V already right in the center high up on it. There, there is a, a high V right in the center of this building. It's the old high V on West 6th Street, but it's going to be the new Velocity building. And, you know, I, I wanted to wait to announce this till we could all be together and celebrate together, but the truth is, I don't know when that moment's gonna be. So instead of waiting for the moment, we're gonna lean into the movement. We're gonna move forward with what God has for us. We're gonna take steps. We're gonna see God move in this city like never before. And I wanna invite you into it. I wanna invite you to be a part of it. Over the next several weeks in this series, I'll be giving you some next steps and things that we're gonna do and things that you can do but for right now, I want to end by giving you a next step for today. And maybe there's some of you that you know that God has some things in front of you. And I just encourage you, they don't happen by chance. They happen by choice. He's waiting on you to choose life today, to get started today, and to hold fast today, to stay close Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on more great messages just like this one. 
If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others with the message of Jesus, go to findvelocity.org backslash give and you can partner with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing week, Velocity. And remember, wherever you are, just keep moving forward.